Welcome to Ghostly. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. Today, we continue our exploration into exorcisms with the movie and real-life inspiration of the 1973 classic horror movie, The Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah, I was more excited about this episode before I started diving into this story. Oh, now you're less excited? I mean, it's going to be a good story, but... I think there's some holes in it. Oh, so after last week, you were kind of falling on the believer side a little. I think that the Annalise story is a lot more, um, has a lot more information and is a lot more factually sound than the uh, Roland Doe. Doe. Or we're going to get into his real name, yeah. actually. But I, I really think that but you know we're gonna do this episode okay and we're gonna see what we come up with at the end okay because that's when we learn everything we go into these things a lot of times with an expectation mm-hmm. and when we get to the end of the episode that expectation might have completely changed yeah talking it out yeah absolutely so we have a special bonus for you after the episode we got to go to the basement of the dead last night yeah it was awesome uh, and we did an interview with the, one of the owners of basement of the dead and he's a skeptical believer yeah. as you'll hear if you listen but he believes that his haunt is actually haunted so uh, just in case anyone doesn't know basement of the dead is a haunted house attraction yes. in aurora illinois yes wayne's world Party time. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, Party on, Rebecca. Party on, Garth. I'm not Garth. Wait. Yeah. I would be Wayne. I said it first. <laughs> I guess so. <all> right. <laughs> I'm totally the Wayne of this show. I You're suppose. totally the Garth. <laughs> yeah. So, Basement of the Dead, uh, it's a haunted house that I used to work at, too. And it's one of, it's been rated one of the scariest haunted houses in the U.S. Uh, definitely yeah it i Were you always scared? Enjoy, i was scared yeah um so a couple things so we actually went early like before it opened yeah to do the interview part and it was like well you know it's kind of windy so we got to go inside and there's no like office it was just like yep let's find a room in the haunted house yeah. to do the interview. Yeah. So I sat with my back towards uh, shelves full of creepy dolls. Yeah. Um, and looking at other uh, amazing, hulking, crazy, scary figures. Um, it was the oddest place I've ever conducted an interview by far. Yeah. You know, oddly enough, not mine. Oh. Well, I was interviewed for the position there, ah. so I've been there before. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you guys are both just like, yep, we're walking around, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, hee, 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 going by creepy thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then what did you think of the haunt when we went in it? So then, so then, we went, then we came back a little bit later when it was open and went back through it, and it was a totally different experience. I mean, it wasn't um, totally light when we were in there for the interview there were but there were lights on so then going back through it again it was it like it didn't even look like the same place like i sort of recognized some things but yeah um, it was excellent i mean they have so many you know they what i like is yes they have a lot of great props and makeup and the actors are great and all of that 
Um, but they, they don't go away from the traditional things that, that really, those little things that scare yeah. you, like the air blast or oh, yeah. the but, horns or just like putting you through your paces, basically. Yeah, but being in there, do you feel like there's potential for it to be haunted? beyond what they put into it well when we were doing the interview i definitely felt that way i yeah. think when you're going through the haunted house itself you're just kind of so focused on the things that are you popping were, out at you were you. a little freaked out i was i definitely had <laughs> some jumpy moments for sure and you met a friend i met a friend I, oh yes i met a friend uh that will i'm gonna put an, a picture of him on instagram yeah. Uh, yeah. This like serpent guy. Oh my! Fantastic costume. I thought you were gonna say something else there. Oh. When you started with, f- and you were oh my, f- fantastic. Uh Sounded like you were going somewhere else. Oh with no, that. no. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna put the interview after the episode. If you want to listen, you can. Oh, I recommend it though. I mean, I I mean, two things. We talk about the idea of just you know how does a haunted house kind of work a little bit. I mean, nothing that that would like take away the mystique. I I don't think, Um, but just kind of you know a little bit. How do you get involved in such a thing? Yeah. But then we also we do talk about creepy things that have happened in the haunted house. Yeah. And and out in the family. In the family. Yeah. It's it's man. Yeah. So it's definitely it's almost like a listener mail, but. You know, it's an interview. Times 10, I would say. Yeah. I mean, we might have to have him back we on there. at some point. Yeah. It, yeah, it was definitely. great. It was great. It's a it's a creepy old building in, in an old town that, you know, you just know there's got to be stuff going on there. Yes. So since you said listener's mail, mm-hmm. I think it's time that we get into the listener mail. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm excited about this week's. Again, this is another two for one okay. where we're going to do one and then well, I'll save his. He's got like two stories. So yeah. we'll we'll save one for next time. Or another episode. Or another episode at I some point. I can't promise next time because there might true. be something that comes up. There might be something that comes up. Um, so this is Frank. He is a listener yes. from Canada. Yeah. And he's he's always... North of the wall. North of the wall. He's always been super supportive of Ghostly. And he actually sent us these stories quite a while ago. So yes. I, I, I feel bad. It's taken us a while to get to this point. So He's a good guy. Yeah. So please send us your stories. Uh, we're, we're really getting into this now. And we're, we need more stories. So, so send them in. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're excited to, to read. Read them online. Info at ghostlypodcast.com. Uh, okay. So... He actually wrote in with a couple of ghost stories that his brother shared with him. Okay. So again, doesn't even have to be your story. It could be one that, you know, someone close to you has told you. Okay. My brother lives in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, which is where my family's from originally. Why don't you sound like it right now? I don't man? know. I, I, I can't do a French accent. <laughs> I don't know what a Quebec accent sounds like, but my family is French Canadian. Uh, well, they just say or a one after side everything. is, anyways. A yeah, <laughs> uh, where there are many beautiful older buildings. He says in yes. in Quebec. Yes. Okay. Uh, so this is his brother. His roommate, his brother's roommate, is a fellow skeptic such as myself. So Frank's a skeptic when it comes to the supernatural. Uh, his roommate had just gone through a successful treatment for throat cancer. Yay! Yay! Um, we love survivors. We love survivors. Well, we love everyone, but... But we, we really, really love we're survivors. Really, we're really happy awesome. for them. Yes. 
They had to remove any strong cologne and perfumes from their place because his room, his roommate's hypersensitivity towards scents at the time after going through chemotherapy. So I can I stop you for one second? Please. Though? I thought you were going to say colon. And I was like, wait, he had throat cancer. Why are they removing his colon? <laughs> no, cologne. Okay, cologne. cologne. Okay. Their apartment was in a townhouse structure, often referred to as row housing. We call them row houses in Chicago. So that makes sense. I don't call them anything. Okay. Uh, (laughs) The units had been converted into separate apartments, uh, my brother's being located on the first floor. The parlor at the front was converted, so not the front room, Hmm. the parlor at the front (laughs) was converted into a bedroom and beside it was the old dining room. Where, uh, which was also converted into a second bedroom. It had a long, narrow hallway running the length of the apartment and ending in their kitchen. Beside the kitchen was their living room where they did most of their entertaining. My brother's roommate had a full-length mirror which was placed in a diagonal so it reflected his room and the front hallway. He was in the process of getting ready to go out for the evening when he saw someone enter the apartment and walk down the hall. It was common for them to invite friends over and go out with them afterwards, so he wasn't sure who it was and went out into the hallway to introduce himself. There was a strong scent of men's cologne. This not ups- colon. No, cologne. Okay. This upset him because everyone knew not to bring strong scents into the apartment. He went down the hall and into the kitchen to confront this individual. My brother was in the kitchen and had no idea what or whom he was upset with. There was no one else in the apartment and the front door was locked. Mm. When they went to investigate, there was, there was, however, a fading scent of cologne in the hallway. Wow. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Smells are a really big thing when it comes to ghosts and everything, Mm -hmm. I've noticed. And smells can take you back to a time. Like, there was this one diner I went into, and I smelled the syrup that they had, and it reminded me of a place that my dad used to take me when I was a kid. Oh, interesting. And it instantly took me back to that moment. Wow. Smells are sometimes even more distinct than sight. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we have a scent memory for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we'd love to hear your spooky stories. And if you have any, email them to info at ghostlypodcast.com and we might read them on the air like we read Frank's. Absolutely. We love that. We love it. Super fun. So this would typically be our poll section. Mm-hmm. But since we haven't done our exorcism debate yet, which will be happening next week. Next week. We did not have a poll. But one will be coming after our next episode, which is the debate about exorcisms. Uh, we really are interested to find out how many of you believe that exorcisms are real. Yeah, and next week's going to be super fun, and it's it's gonna it's coming out almost Halloween. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm actually kind of nervous about next week. Uh, it's I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know either. I yeah. mean, I keep. I keep thinking I have the answer, but then I go back and I change it. Yeah, it's it's really, I'm not sure. I'm looking up a lot of spooky stuff. It's it's going to be good. There is a big difference in how I feel uh, after last week to this week. Okay. So one week, just total difference. Yeah, so who knows after one more week. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, it's it's going to be the, the October 30th, and that is almost our anniversary. Yay, Yay, one year. One year of ghostly. Yeah. That's crazy. Never missed an episode. Nope. In fact, came out with more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> added. Yeah. 
All uh, right. So you were, this is usually where Rebecca would tell us the ghost story. Mm-hmm. The ghost story is pretty much the movie though, right? Kind of. I mean, so it, you kind of brought up a good point when I was trying to put together information for this because, you know, we're talking about exorcisms, which is not really ghosts. I mean, well, not, it I depends mean, on how you view it. Right. Exactly. Some people would say that a spirit can possess you. Sure. Some people call them demons. That's true. So, you know, it kind of goes together, but it's it's a little different. So we thought, uh, since really most of the episode's going to focus on the real story behind The Exorcist, because that's, I think, the, the one less known, um, I thought I'd just spend a little time telling you the ghost story of the movie. All right. Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. So there's three things I want to talk about. One is that the entire set for the home, right, uh-huh. the McNeil home, caught fire and burned down a few weeks after they started filming and it delayed filming by six weeks. But interesting. Wait, I thought you said after they finished. So they started filming oh, and like started. a few weeks after in. they started filming. Right. Okay. The set caught fire. It was like, a, it was, and it was like, they knew the cause. It wasn't like, yeah. how did it start fire? You know, but even still, it was like, how did that happen? But what was weird was that um, Reagan's bedroom yeah. uh, not touched at all. Wow. Every other, the whole house, like burned the mm. whole set, but not the bedroom. Um, so that was kind of weird. So then, when they came back to start filming again, yeah. they had a priest come in to oh. bless the set. Mm, nice. Yes. Uh, okay. Then I just thought this was so. Then there's a there's a lot of deaths associated with the film, um, and there's a quote from the main uh, one of the main actresses, Ellen Bernstein. She was the mom. Okay. Uh, she explained it pretty well. She said. I don't know if it was a jinx, really, but there were some really strange goings on during the making of the film. We were dealing with some really heavy material, and you don't fool around with that kind of material without it manifesting in some way. There were many deaths on the film. Linda's grandfather died. The assistant cameraman's wife had a baby that died. The man who refrigerated the set died, which... Side note, they refrigerated the set. Yeah, I could see that. It, it was, was that was not acting or special yeah, effects. That it was, was really cold. Yeah. Uh the janitor who took care of the building was shot and killed. Wow. She said, I think overall there were nine deaths during the course of the film, which is an incredible amount. It was scary. Hmm. Um, a couple other deaths associated were two of the actors in the film, Jack Gowrin, which played Burke Dennings. Oh, okay. And then uh Vasilika, so he really died. He really died. And wow. Vasilika um, Malieros um, also died. She played um, Father Karras' mother. So oh, okay. they both died in post-production while, they're, while they were, you know, doing post-production. Uh, but it was creepy because both of their characters died in the film. Did they just, like, incorporate that into the film? Like, no, well, the, was just, the director supposed to play a you know more of a role or something no they both like it was after filming was over oh but it was but before the movie came out like it was during post-production that they passed that director guy freaked me out i got yeah he was a weird guy it's a weird character um also max von sadow the the big older priest yeah um who actually was really not old but they made him look Mm -hmm. old um his brother died on his first day of shooting um, a night watchman uh, died, a special effects expert died, and the son of Jason Miller, who played Father Karras, um, uh-huh. his son, who's like a kid at the time, um, was almost killed when a motorcycle like hit him. So he was saved. 
I guess. I mean, you look at it as almost killed. I'm looking at it as still alive. Still alive. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think about all these deaths? I think a lot of them that you said probably would have happened even if there wasn't a movie like this being made. This movie is inspired by a true life story, but the actual movie itself is fiction. Yes. The book is fiction. Yes. So it's inspired. Yeah. Yeah. So many details that I would say it's hard to even say that it had any comparison to the, to the real life story. Mm -hmm. Like, like the Annalise one that had some pretty direct correlations. Mm -hmm. This one, it's really a lot more difficult for me to see that. Yeah. There's some things that we'll see, but Yeah. yeah. And then I just want to mention two more things, which I thought was super interesting. Number one was that people literally got sick watching the movie. Just because it was like a movie like this had never been released before. Yes, people were throwing up. People were throwing up. They had, you know, all sorts of craziness. And then um, also during the film's Rome premiere, so in Italy, Uh in Rome, where the Vatican is, lightning struck a 400-year-old cross um, atop a nearby 16th century church. Wow. The night of the premiere. Well, another thing happened, too, after this film is that a lot of people converted over to Catholicism. Yeah. It was one of the biggest turns in modern day into Catholicism. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Where nowadays people are turning from Catholicism, they were turning towards it then. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't that long ago. No, this is uh, 70. 40 something years ago. Yeah. So you you say 50 years and there's such a big difference Mm -hmm. in our times. Definitely. So- do you have anything nope, else that's about it. that? That's okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot with the movie, but I think those are pro- probably the bi- the big highlights of uh, creepiness. All right. Well, then I say we should go ahead and take a short break, and we will be right back. Okay. Announcing the brand new Southside Podfest. Southside. Four totally free nights of live podcasts on Chicago's Southside. Front room. Get your ear holes filled with amazing word sounds from some of the best podcasts around. Sausage. The Southside Podfest is November 6th, 20th, 27th, and December 4th. All at 8 p.m. All at Lawler's Bar, 6854 West Archer Avenue, Chicago. What the hell is a podcast? See you there. All right, we're back. Just like our last episode, this episode, we will be talking a lot about the inspiration of the movie The Exorcist. Rebecca will chime in from time to time to tell us what matches up with the movie and what doesn't match up with the movie. There's a lot that does not match up with the movie to me. I might also just be like, oh my gosh. Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh, This is the story of an anonymous boy up until maybe today, maybe I'm going to expose his name for the first time. Hmm. Named he was the name that they gave him was Roland Doe or Robbie Mannheim. I don't know where they came up with Robbie Mannheim. Yeah, that like Roland Doe makes sense because like yeah. John Doe. Yeah, okay, but his real name might have been Ronald Hunkler. So his story would eventually go on to inspire the book The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty 
and that would be used to make the movie The Exorcist. So I'd imagine that they had to change a lot going into making it from a book to a movie. Definitely. Though I've read the book um, and seen the movie, and I would say that they did a pretty good job. I th- Which you one's know. scarier? Ooh. In some ways, the book, but I... So the director's cut... You had to pick one I had to right pick, now. Oh, man. Well, I would say the scariest is the director's cut of the movie. Okay. Director's cut of the movie. Yes. Okay. Because of the spider scene. This, well, the spider scene and the flashes of the demon face. That yeah. just gets me every time. Also, the medical scenes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Medicine in the 70s was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is what it is. Yep. But so even starting off, the setting was a little different than in the movie. It was not in the 70s. It was in the 40s, probably the later 40s. Actually, like January 1949 is when Roland's story really happened. I'm going to call him Roland. We believe he might have been Ronald. Yeah, but I think Roland is, is good to go with. And yeah. yeah, no, it started in the like the mid 40s and or whatever, late 40s. Yeah, yeah. 49. Yeah. The early life of Roland, Roland's family, they were Lutheran. I was raised Lutheran. I gotcha. Yeah. And I just thought that that was kind of weird because what other time does a religion turn somebody to another religion for help? Yeah. You know, that's just kind of odd to me. Mm-hmm. Um, during the 1940s, they lived in Cottage City, Maryland. He was an only child. His Aunt Harriet... Uh, which actually, I heard her name might have been Mimi. Okay, maybe that was a nickname. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, was was his main playmate growing up. Well, that's kind of sad. It was. They didn't really have many people around. Uh, she was a spiritualist. Oh, kind of like oh, um, from California, the crazy house. The oh Winchester yeah, the Winchester Mystery, Mystery, Mystery Lady. House. Yeah, we've done a lot of talks about the spiritualist. Yeah, so if you want to learn more, go listen to the Winchester Mystery House episode. That was for one. Sure. Uh, also, during our Abraham Lincoln episode, oh, yes. mm-hmm. we talk about it. And we talk about it a lot. Yeah, um, and even during uh, the Edgar Allan Poe episode. Oh yeah, that would be the other Edgar Allan Poe and Winchester Mystery would give you a good, yeah, absolutely. solid background in that. So. She was a spiritualist that introduced him to the Ouija board because he expressed some kind of interest in it. And um, so just like the movie, there was that casual scene with the Ouija board, right? Right. Well, yeah. In this, this was a daily activity for Roland. Well, it looked like it kind of was for Reagan, too, in the movie. But she was just doing it on her own. She didn't have an aunt that was showing her. Yeah, exactly. And she, yeah, she was doing it on her own where I think the aunt used to help him with this. But then I think he would play sometimes on his own, or at least I'm just assuming that. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's his early life. Now we go on to all of the possession stuff. Okay. And this began in early January, 1949. And this took place when he was 14 years old. After Aunt Harriet died unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. That must have been very traumatic for him. It was, yeah. His playmate died. I mean, his playmate, right. his aunt, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was it was someone that was he was really close to when he wasn't close to that many people. Right. Um so the family started experiencing strange noises at that time. Roland reported hearing scratching sounds coming from the floor and walls of his room. 
Mm. Yeah. Furniture moved on its own. So one of the first signs that something was going on is that water dripped from pipes and walls, but there were no faucets. Like, I was like, well, you know, it's an old house. This is in the 40s. You're going to hear a drip occasionally, but there were no faucets that were dripping. Interesting. So then there was some levitating vases when Roland was nearby. Okay. <laughs> Roland's mattress would suddenly move. Now that's the that's like the movie. That is like the movie, yeah. yeah. So the family originally thought that it was Aunt Harriet making communication with them. She was a spiritualist, so she thought that maybe, you know. Yeah, she's coming She back. was trying to communicate with them, mm-hmm. but then things started to feel evil to them. Oh, like more bothersome or, I don't know. Just evil. Yeah. Like it, it was clear that it wasn't Aunt Harriet or that Aunt Harriet might be evil now. Um, they tried to communicate with her on the Ouija board. Yeah, I had heard that he was, you know, he himself just on his own was trying to do it, which as we know, never use a Ouija board alone. We said that in our Ouija episode. Yeah. Again, another episode to go back and check out. And that also talks about spiritualists. Yes. And the whole spiritualist movement. Actually, that would probably be our biggest. Yeah. Now that I think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, but they did it as a family at one point. Interesting. And they weren't reaching out to her, to her. They, they realized they, it. Okay. They realized it wasn't her at this it point. It was not her okay. at that point. Yeah. So the family sought the help of every expert that they could find because Roland was experiencing some hard times. So it wasn't like he was experiencing more than the family was. Yes. Okay. Roland was definitely succumbing to something. Mm. So they got doctors and psychiatrists involved. Sounds like the movie. Yeah, and they really couldn't give them many answers. Well, yeah. I mean, back in 1949, I mean, did they know about, I'm sure they knew about epilepsy, right? Yeah. But maybe not mental illness so much. Yeah, I mean, mental illness was something that you just dealt with on your own. Right. I mean, like depression or... I mean, there would be the town crazies, as they would call them, but they would be put in jail. Right. It wasn't like, oh, you have schizophrenia, here's basically, some medication. Basically, in the 50s, if you had a mental illness, you would act out and you would be thrown in jail. Yeah. Or put, in a, put locked in an asylum. Maybe, yeah. 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 Um, so they eventually turned to their Lutheran pastor, Luther Miles Scholes. Oh, that's awesome that his name was Luther. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you really don't have a choice of what you're going to become if your name is Luther. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, The pastor arranged for Roland to spend the night in his house so he could be observed. So, okay, so he spent the night in the pastor's house? Yes. That's interesting. So that it's not located in the house, it's located in Roland. Yeah. Um, But this put doubt into the mind of parapsychologist J.B. Ryan. Oh. He wondered if Schultz unconsciously exaggerated some of the facts of seeing moving objects. Okay. So th- with everything I'm going to say, there is a skeptic side of it. Okay. And I've read some of the skeptic sides and that kind of jaded me a little bit towards this particular story. So mm. um, Schultz advised the family to see a Catholic priest. So they found Father Edward Hughes, like Howard Hughes. <laughs> um, he was a local local priest and he requested permission to perform an exorcism in late February of 1949. 
Okay, so we've definitely heard that in Annalise's story. Yes. That you have to ask permission. Yes. That was definitely in the movie as well. Yes. Yeah, okay. But these were granted pretty much every time. Yeah? And like in the movie, they say it's going to take months. It's and really rare. Not in not in, not in in 40s and 50s. I was going to say, not in any example we've Nowadays, heard. it's very rare, but then it was not so much rare. Yeah. So um, he did get approval to start performing an exorcism. So Roland underwent a number of exorcisms conducted by Father Hughes at Georgetown University Hospital. Mm. This was something that that would happen, too. If they were going to do an exorcism, they would get them into a hospital, usually a Catholic hospital. That's... Like, I never have heard that before. That's new information. It makes a lot of sense, though, if you really think about it, because they could restrain them then. Oh, absolutely. And and, and monitor their vitals. I mean, this is what you would think should happen. Should, right? Yeah. (laughs) So during the exorcism, the boy slipped one of his hands out of the restraints, broke a bedspring from under the mattress, and used it as a weapon against Father Hughes. (gasps) Oh, no. So he slashed the priest's arm, and this halted the exorcism. Oh, wow. Well, I would imagine. Yeah. A few days later, the word Lewis appeared as a scratch on the boy. So, like, external. Yeah, external scratch. Okay, because, like, in the movie, there's writing on Reagan's stomach yeah. or chest or something, but it's it's, like, coming from the inside. Yeah, and also the writing that was inside, that could be duplicated um, by somebody that's in a, um, like I've met a lot of people with very fair skin, and um, like if you took your finger and wrote on their neck, you would see something on their neck. Right, but it would look like an outside scratch. It wouldn't look like that inside. Yeah, that was exaggerated, I think, for the movie. Yeah, I think so. But it it was a scratch. Okay. So, yeah, Lewis. So um, a cousin to Roland was attending St. Louis University. Mm. So the family saw this as a sign that they needed to go to St. Louis. Okay. So even though they were in um, uh, the East Coast, they were in the yes. East Coast, they came to St. Louis for the, yeah. the exorcism. Which was good for Roland because then he had friends. He had friends in St. Louis. Oh, Okay. So it worked out well for him. Okay. Yeah. Um, A cousin to Roland that was attending St. Louis University, she put them um, in touch with Father Walter H. Halloran. Halloran? He he says it's Halloran, yeah. Oh, okay. I would say Halloran, but okay, Halloran. Yeah, he, like I saw an interview with him and he introduced himself as as Halloran. Well, you know what? He ran from hell. He ran from hell. All right. Yeah. Helleran was the last survivor of this particular exorcism. Interesting. Lived to like 2005. So wow. there are some interviews you can find on YouTube of him. Crazy. Very interesting guy. And also Reverend William Bodern. Okay. So um, Bodern was the one really in charge of this. Okay. We always got to have the older priest that kind of knows what they're doing. Yeah. The younger priest that's like the one taking up the case. Well, well, Halloran said that his responsibility was to restrain the patient. Well, it, it sounds a lot like the movie. And then he said he would come and talk to him in between exorcisms. Okay. 
So, um, so together, both priests visited Roland in his relative's home. Bodern was granted permission from the archbishop to perform another exorcism. Okay. Bodern and Halloran, according to their reports, because they had to keep daily journals after um, given permission to do the exorcism, that was the only um, thing that they had to do in order to do the exorcism, is to keep daily reports of what was happening. Sounds like a little bit of micromanaging on the part of the archbishop. <laughs> of the bishop, yeah. <laughs> um, so they noticed that he was calm and normal during the day. But at night, after settling in for bed, he would exhibit strange behaviors, including screaming and wild outbursts. Now, that's different than the movie. Because in the that movie, is. like it starts kind of that way. Yeah. But then by the end, it's she's 24 just 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. Also, too, um, like the movie, she was using a different voice. She was. Yeah. Um, but Roland was always using his own voice. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and how many kids do you know at the age of 14 want to go to bed? I mean, I wanted to sleep a lot, but he just got around <laughs> new playmates and everything. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he did not want to go to bed. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of interesting. So they, they said also that, um, that Roland would enter a trance-like state and start making sounds in a guttural voice. Like the... So he did use a little bit of a different voice sometimes. But it was always his voice. Uh, you could hear his voice through it, they okay. said. Uh, the priest supposedly also saw mysterious flying objects in the boy's presence and noted that he would react violently when he saw any sacred object presented by the attending priest. Okay. Whenever yeah. they'd bring out a crucifix sounds or Sounds like Reagan in the yeah. movie. Yeah, sounds like Annalise, too. Sounds like Annalise, too. Uh, they believed he was possessed by not one, mm. not five, not six like Annalise, but ten. Whoa. Demons. Wow, we're getting... I have, in the movie, it's just one. At one point during the movie, she says, um, they, yeah, they said that they heard a lot of voices, but it was only one. Yeah. That's what the older priest said. It's interesting, too, because um, I had read this, and then I noticed it in the movie. They never give the name of the demon in the movie. No, they don't. It says it's the devil, but. So, how they knew that he was possessed by 10 demons <laughs> was because they saw an X scratched into Roland's chest. Oh, so the Roman numeral 10. Yeah. And they knew it was possession, obviously, because uh, a pitchfork-shaped pattern of red lines moved from the boy's thighs and snaked down towards his ankles. Now, that's different. I've never seen that. I mean, I've seen people or heard of people, I should say, that have things scratched into them or whatever, but that it would move in front of their eyes that, they didn't even do that in the movie. Yeah. No, they didn't. But that's that's what they said happened. The exorcisms took place or was performed at the residence on Roanoke Drive in early March 1949. So uh, Roanoke Drive in St. Louis. St. Louis, okay. yeah. And you said exorcisms, plural. Yeah. Um, there was at least one at the residence, if not more. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they also used the Roman Rite of 1614. Was that the same as Annalise? Yep. Okay. So the very old one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this continued on March 20th, so there were exorcisms. Um, but that exorcism, it reached an unhealthy new level. Roland, 
stood up and started urinating all over his bed and the priest and began shouting and cursing at the priest. Wow. Things about masturbation, where to stick it, where to do this, oh, where to do that. Well, that kind of relates to the movie then. Yeah. Though the in the movie the urinating that part just like is that's crazy in the, like in the living room yes. or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. okay, so all right, I can see some they're pulling out some of that. Speaking of pulling out, yeah, he whipped it out Ah, and peed all over them. (laughs) So the family took Roland to the Alexian Brother Hospital, which was a Catholic hospital, in South St. Louis, which is no longer there. Okay. uh, For daily exorcisms as instructed by Bodern. So this is crazy. So obviously it's a Catholic hospital, St. Alexian, or Alexian Brothers. It's usually Catholic. And then it's like, and your prescription, sir, is daily exorcism. <laughs> yeah, and he would like walk by the receptionist every day and they'd be like, hello, Father Bur- uh, Bodern, you know. Wow, good luck with the exorcism today. Yeah, thanks, you know. <laughs> so um, on Easter, Bodern pulled out his secret weapon during these daily exorcisms. They were going on for weeks. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, Easter could be in March or April, but I'm guessing April. It was in April, yes. Um, he pulled out a secret weapon, though, that was baptism. Ah. He baptized Roland during one of the exorcisms. Wow. And on April 18th, a miracle occurred in Roland's room at the Alexian Brothers. Uh, it was the Monday after Easter, so Roland awoke with seizures. Things were getting pretty bad. He yelled at the priest, saying Satan would be with him always. Wow. So, Bodern called up Halloran. And also got another person, another priest, William Van Roo, and they assisted Bodern. Halloran stated that during the exorcism, words such as evil and hell, along with others, marked, uh, they like appeared on the teenager's body. Oh, wow. So during the part where they read off all the saints, the, the boy's mattress began to start shaking. Okay, this is sounding like the movie a little. Also, um, in his guttural voice, Roland kept saying, you forgot to say one word. You forgot to say one word. The word was Lord. Oh. Like he said, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, well, well, he was telling him, no, you have to say, in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Oh. Something like that. Weird. It was really odd. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the priest shouted out that St. Michael would battle for Roland's soul. Okay. So not Jesus necessarily, but St. Michael's coming in. St. Michael's. They're sending in the big He's guns. the warrior. Yeah. All right. Roland asked for the window to be opened and started to look like he was going to throw up. Oh. He said over and over again, he's going. People at the hospital said that they heard a huge boom at this time. And seven minutes later, Roland came out of his trance and said, he's gone. Then he went to sleep. Wow. That reminds me, what's the move? Uh, a poltergeist <laughs> another episode yeah, they're, they're here, here. <laughs> this Dur- time it's gone during this roland broke uh halloran's nose oh geez did he yeah. punch him uh yeah okay <laughs> and he didn't know what happened too he punched him and then he said did i do that oh and he said no i just i injured myself oh he's trying to protect him 
So the exorcism was done. Um, at one point, he had he had done the same thing. Roland had done the same exact thing and said he's gone. But then in the middle of the night, it, he came back. Mm. But at this point, he was gone. This was St. Michael did the trick. St. Michael did it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, after the exorcism, the boy went on to lead a rather ordinary life, Halloran said to a reporter. Okay. He supposedly got married and had a child, which he named Michael after the saint who battled for his soul. I did read that. I mean, I know he says he doesn't remember anything, but I did read that he had a vision of like Michael fighting the devil yes. and something like that. But yes, I don't know did. how real that is. Yeah. For those seven minutes. Yeah. That was his vision. And he worked for NASA. What? Yeah. Very science focused. Right? I would I expect him to like maybe be a priest himself or something. Hmm, I guess I he just know. wanted to get away from that all, all of that. I guess, yeah. yeah. But he remained Catholic, actually. He never went to um, back to Lutheran. Oh, he converted. Oh, Once you go Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. What did you think about all that? It's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, there's, there's definitely elements of Annalise in there, but yeah. not quite as dramatic or not even close to as dramatic obviously he survived number yes. one you know there wasn't he didn't like become malnourished or necessarily like, have the physical issues mm-hmm. that she did yeah um but there's actually i mean and, and while it is very different than the movie in some in, in a lot of ways there were i can see where the movie got the ideas i mean that was the major that was the first major telling of an exorcism yeah. And that's where Blatty got the idea from from it. Um, one thing that I did hear that I wanted to mention was well, that... Oh, I think we should take a break. Oh, we should take a break first. I'm sorry yeah. before we go into stuff. Okay. So we'll be right back. Okay. Hey, Pat. Fall is in the air. Ooh, yeah, it is. Yeah. And that means cooler weather, football, football. and of course... Shopping. Shopping? Yeah. Back to school shopping, starting college shopping. I got a new job shopping, new season shopping. I just like shopping, shopping. Okay, okay. I get it. Change means time to get some new stuff. And I bet our listeners would like some ghostly gear. Oh, yeah. Great idea. What kind of gear are we talking about? I don't know. How about some ghostly t-shirts and sweatshirts? Yeah. And not just ones with the ghostly logo, because those those are really cool. But uh, how about also hashtag Team Believer to really show our team colors? Um, and hashtag Team Skeptic, of course. Mm. So we've got men's and women's styles and even kid and baby sizes. So cute. It is very cute. And I also added a phone case and a water bottle. Nice. <laughs> Where can our listeners get all this great ghostly gear? Mm, that's pretty easy. If you want to get ghostly gear, just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on merchandise up at the top. Perfect. Go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on merchandise to get your great ghostly gear. All right, we're back. So you were going to say one more thing. Yeah, I just was going to mention that they, um, I had read that they boarded up the room that the exorcism happened in. Yeah, Again, obviously this was public in that hospital. So like everyone knew what was happening in that room. I mean, everyone that worked there, but. 
not necessarily. This didn't really get out, and they didn't know who or where. Well, they didn't, they didn't know the full story for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, the hospital knew. It wasn't, I mean, maybe not every worker in the hospital, but, like, yeah, it was not... Like they, and they were believers. I mean, the mm-hmm. people, I mean, this is a Catholic hospital. It wasn't like going to someplace with a bunch of people that didn't believe. So sure. they felt that that room was something that they didn't want other patients to be in. And so they closed it off. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just interesting. Well, um, I did want to cover some of the evidence I found against it. Oh, you don't want to save this for next week? No, I want to get this out there so yeah. we can think about it for the week. I think it's a good idea. Uh, we don't need to debate it or anything okay. like that. I'm not going to say this is to. fact. This is just what I, just what I came across. Sure, that's all I'm stating. Uh, and this is from the 1993 book "Possessed: The True Story of an Exorcism" by Thomas B. Allen. Okay, he offered the consensus of today's experts that Ronald or Roland or Robbie or whatever his name was was just. A deeply disturbed boy, nothing supernatural about him. Um, he goes on to say a lot of things, but he did do an investigation. Um, or actually, another author, um, Mark Opsanik. Okay. That, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, questioned many of the supernatural claims associated with the story, proposing that Roland Doe was simply a spoiled, disturbed bully who threw deliberate tantrums to get attention or to get out of school. So during his, um, he, he did a whole investigation and he reported that Halloran, who was present at the exorcism, never heard the boy's voice change. Mm. Um, now, what they did with a lot of this, to make the movie The Exorcist, they used uh, their diaries. They used the journals of Halloran and Bodern. And this was also what was done for these investigations. And I believe that Absanisnik, Absanisnik, I believe he actually talked with Halloran as well. Okay, okay. He thought that the boy merely mimicked Latin words that he heard. Okay. So speaking in other languages, well, it was very common for every church service to be done in Latin. In I don't those know if days. the Lutherans did, but you know what? They might have. I I, I don't know. I'd have yeah, to look that but up. But he went through several exorcisms. Yeah, right. So they were the all words. done in Latin. Right. Yeah. Um, he questioned the story of Hughes' attempt to exorcise the boy and, he subsequ- and the subsequent injury that he received to his arm. Crazy. And um, saying that he could find no evidence of such an episode had actually occurred. So during his investigation, he discovered that the exorcism did not take place at 3210 Bunker Hill Road in Mount Rainer, Maryland, which was where Hughes did it. Uh, The boy never lived in Mount Rainer. Really? That's what he found. I don't know, because there's pictures of the house and stuff. The boy's home. Well, no, that's the one on Roanoke. Oh, oh, oh okay. In St. Louis. Louis. Okay. The boy's home was in Cottage City, Maryland. And that's oh, what I said in the beginning, gotcha. too. Um, much of the commonly accepted information about his story is based on hearsay. It is not documented and was never fact-checked. So a lot of it wasn't even documented in their journals, but later on, they said these things. There is no evidence Father, Father E. Albert Hughes visited the boy's home, 
had him admitted to Georgetown Hospital, requested that the boy be restrained at the hospital, attempted an exorcism of the boy at Georgetown Hospital, or was injured by the boy during an exorcism or at any other time. And there is ample evidence refuting claims that Father Hughes suffered an emotional breakdown and disappeared from College City community, which was another big story that they said. Okay. I didn't include it in our notes because it's been pretty much um, refuted. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they go on to say a lot of things about about him, and some skeptics have weighed in and stuff. And um, one of the things that they said was that this is a quote from um, Joe Nickel. He's a he's a skeptic. Okay. Nothing that was reliably reported in the case was beyond the abilities of a teenager to produce. The tantrums, trances, moved furniture, hurled objects, automatic writing, superficial scratches, and other phenomenon were just the kinds of things someone of Roland's age could accomplish. Just as others have done before and since, indeed the elements of poltergeist phenomenon, spiritual communication, and demonic possession taken both separately and especially together as one progressed to the other suggest nothing so much as role-playing involving trickery. And also there were reports that um, people that knew him, they've actually interviewed his neighbors his neighbors were only found by initial, though. So in these reports, they only went by initials. They um, they found they they were they were telling them that he was a prankster, mm-hmm. and it was kind of weird that these things didn't happen to him twenty four seven when he could be having fun. It happened to him when he was laying down in bed going to sleep. Yeah, I mean the the one the only thing that you said that struck me a little bit was the idea that he could move that teenagers can somehow move objects. I'm not sure about that one, but the well, other things I could see. A lot of the stuff happened like when no one was around. Oh, and, so he would say that it moved. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So that that in their journals they never actually said that they saw things moving. Although I heard Halloran say that he did move a vial of holy water across the room okay i don't know i don't know so i just wanted to get that out there so we have something to think about for the week sure um before our debate and i just want to mention too there's another book that because i I had heard about that possessed book but then i just came across Hmm. this other one um called the devil came to st louis the true story of the 1949 exorcism oh okay um and it's by troy taylor who's a, a good chicago guy or at least a guy that's done a lot in Chicago. And he he did a lot of uh, the research that we used for our Resurrection Mary episode. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. anyways, I haven't read the book. I'd like to read the book. I have no idea what side he lands on, but mm. just wanted to put that out there for anyone looking for more information. Yeah, there's a lot documented about this story now. Yeah. But the real thing are in the journals. Yeah, that would be, the, the, there's some source material for you. Journals. Yeah. I'm going to dive into that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we want to thank you so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. Yeah, and then you guys can talk about it. Absolutely. Uh, And we urge you, if you haven't yet subscribed, hit that subscribe button. There's a lot more to come. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yes. And oh, we got year two coming up. 
We do, and there's so much more to talk about. Yep. We have so many good stories that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Coming up in November will be our clown theme. Yes. Now, we're not going to do themes every single month. No. It just, this just so happened that there's two clown stories that I really want to tell. The first one is about John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. That's going to be at our live episode. Live. Yes. On the south side of Chicago at the Podfest. Woohoo. So we hope to see you guys all there. And that will be on November 6th. Yes. At Lawler's on Archer Avenue. Yep. In Southside, Chicago. Southside. So do you have anything else to add before we sign off? Um, just uh, hope everyone stays tuned to hear our interview with Jason from Basement of the Dead. Yes. It's going to be awesome. It was a lot of fun to do. So, And go check out The Haunted House if you want something scary to do this season. Yes. Our next episode will be Ghostly's Exorcism. The official Ghostly's Exorcism. And that will come out on Halloween Eve. <laughs> so until then, stay ghostly. Bye. Jason from Basement of Dead here. Uh, Jason, how long have you guys had Basement of Dead? What is Basement of Dead? Uh, um, Basement of the Dead is uh, is one of the world's best haunted houses. Um, my family has owned it now for, I believe, going on over oh, like nine years or something. Yeah, I, I think this is our tenth year actually. Wow! Um, and it was here uh, a few years before that. Um, it was nightmares, right? Yeah, it was nightmares. Basement of the Dead. Um, we took it over from uh, George Carpenter, uh, who fell Ill, Ill and uh, so we ended up uh, purchasing that, uh, purchasing the haunted house. And uh, since then, we have we've run the haunted house since about two thousand nine, I think, or right around there, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I can't remember. Sure, and um, we're in Aurora, right? That is correct, Aurora, Illinois, okay. which people remember from Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which I don't believe was filmed at all. <laughs> no, at, not at all, all, right? But, not but at all. yeah, that's but that what, is that's, what they were talking about. Yeah, when I met my wife, that's the first thing she's from Minnesota. That's the first uh, thing I said. There you go. Oh, yeah, I have a haunted house around Aurora, and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, basically. Yeah. So, anyways, so you've been doing this for a while. Was that this haunted house, or was that no, like no, no, that, no, 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 that, no, that was yeah, that was that's been this haunted house. Um, yeah, we started. My family actually started as uh, as home haunters. Like that's which oh, I think yeah. I think a lot of haunted house people kind of start as that, yeah. you know. Okay. But yeah, my mom and my mom and uh, reluctantly my dad mm-hmm. uh, let us pretty much just take over the yard and destroy it and, and <laughs> just uh, gravestones and mm-hmm. scarecrows and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we did it for 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 a couple of years at my parents' house when we were in high school and all that stuff. Okay. And it has got to the point where it was um, so successful. Um, and we had so many people, like we'd have a thousand people on Halloween. Yeah. At a yard haunt, you know. So yeah. um, we kind of got to the point where, you know, as we got older, it was always kind of an idea like, man, let's just try to do this professionally. And the opportunity uh, presented itself and, and we, uh, we're we here now. You, know? and you guys do more than just the haunted house, right? Yeah. We, I, yeah. We, we, say, like, you, like when you say it's like you bought a place, a physical space, or I mean, like, right, well, I don't know. We, we bought the, 
this space mm-hmm. um, and the name Basement of the Dead. Okay. Um, and then whatever was inside these walls. But since sure. since then, we've have we we have changed this place two hundred percent. I mean, it literally has been changed. There's probably not much of the original, it, it, right? I would say zero mm-hmm. yeah. is left of the original, even gotcha. even prop wise. Now, it is props just don't last that long. Sure. sure. So I, I don't know if there's like anything left from the original owners, but um, but anyhow, but it's you know, I think a lot of people think like, or I guess I would say I always thought of when I was growing up like a JC's haunted house or something where like they rent a space and they kind of turn it into a haunted house. Mm-hmm. But it's like for you, you know, this is your year-round yes, business. Yes, and and and, and 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 it's um just haunted houses. And, and don't get me wrong, I like that's like the first haunted houses I ever went through when I was a kid. I remember them were JC's haunted houses. Yeah. Um, I just think um and I, and I I love I love it. Charity haunted houses are, are fantastic, um, yeah. but it's just like like anything else. It's just like today's um, consumer kid kid customer mm-hmm. they like, they want these like blown out movie type scenes and stuff like that. And that's just something that you can't set up in a week or two, right? Like so, like yeah. literally, this place stays like this all the time, and we're building on it. After like when October's done, we'll start maybe changing some stuff up. I mean, like that's wow. how quick. Will change things and um, so yeah, and and that's why like because it's here all the time. That's why we can build like really elaborate sets and things mm-hmm. like that because we know it's gonna it's gonna be there for a while. So. And you guys do uh, escape rooms, yes, and zombie laser tag, right? yeah, everything. Like I said we're here, so yeah, yeah. We, we are actually uh, we are international uh, 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 escape room builders. We, we we built escape rooms that are. England right now oh, and wow. Canada. Um, we we build them all over the country. Um, so that that's a, another huge part of our what we do, our business, um, which is kind of fun because it you know like in the, in in the, um, the the haunted house field, everything you do has a kind of like a horror feel to it. The escape rooms, even though we do do some that are horror, but we get to kind of like flex our muscles with some of the other genres, you know, sci fi sure. and, and history and things like that. So it's fun to be able to build things that. Just isn't always scary. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's still some element. You're in an escape room, you know. That's kind oh, of scary. Sure. In it's scary. No, no, no. Yeah, believe me, we do the horror escape room really well. <laughs> um, but yeah, but no, yeah, it's 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 fun. Like we you know we we do uh, you know wizards and and uh, we have a cool circus one. Isn't there a know, pirate one or something? Pirate, pirate one. Yeah. We do. Um, we have a cool western one. I mean, yeah. So we I mean, pretty much all all the major genres of yeah. what you would think of an escape room. We pretty much tackle. Wow, that's awesome. So I wanted to do an interview with you because this place has always been kind of creepy to me. I, I used to work here too. And uh, so it's, it's dark, it's dingy, it's in a basement. It's, it's the perfect spot for a haunted house. You said that there's some real stories that go along with this. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I, I've always said in any interview I've ever done, even if this place wasn't a um, like theatrical haunted house. If you just came down here with no, none of these props in here, this place is is a hundred plus year old creepy basement. I mean, it, it, it is it is as creepy as it gets. Um, we always have customers say, "Man, those smells and this." And that. What are you guys doing? We, we ain't doing anything. It's, that's wow. how this place yeah. smells. I mean, it, it's an old basement. Um, so uh, you know, and and and. and I've had a lot of, um, um, you know, ghost hunters, people like that, like, you know, want, you know, wanting to come down here. And I have always kind of, um, 
because I am, like Patrick and I talked before, I, I am a believer, but I'm also a skeptic. You know, I, I, everything that happens, um, especially above us, is a restaurant. So, and the noise does, believe it or not, the noise, you know, even though through all these, this concrete and everything else, the noise does travel. So you have to obviously have a, uh, a skeptical ear or eye or whatever when something's happening to say, hey, was, you know, was it actually something you heard or something upstairs, so on sure. and so forth, right? Um, but, um, we did have a couple, uh, couple different groups of, of, of ghost hunters come through and, uh, Besides the stuff that that they found, which I could we can talk a long time about that. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happened just to us, kind of personally. Mm-hmm. That um, was one of those things where we were kind of shaking our heads, like what you know, <laughs> that really just shouldn't happen. Um, so, um, what was what's one of the what's something that happened that maybe kind of sticks in your mind, like most often? Um, think about it. Well. Uh, we we will have um and I, and, I, and I don't know if this is true for 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 other haunted houses or whatever but um there's times where like like we're in here or I'm in here and for, the hardest part like when, when there's people around down here it you're fine you know everyone's talking whatever your mind's not on it but when you're down here by yourself that's kind of where it really kind of gets a little creepy sure. especially like when we were like in our building phases um, we're here a lot, like real late at night, and at that point, the, you know, the rest, the restaurants close upstairs, so you kind of know, like, hey, we're we're the only ones here, me and my brother, you know, or you know, whoever's on the bill team, and um, every once in a while, we'll be we'll be down here, and you know, props will just start going off, and oh, wow. and which, like, again, like, there's either a pressure mat you're stepping on, or an infrared laser that you're sure. cutting across, like, in these things, like, in in they. They don't just go off by themselves. They, no. they just don't. I mean, they're they're not. They're made to like go off when something is triggering. These them. are things that cost thousands of dollars. Yes. that that are set to have a specific um, thing that they do every time this happens. That's correct. So, That's yeah. correct. And we'll be in one, you know I'll be in one room and all of a sudden I'll hear something going on and then, you know another room we'll walk over there we'll check it we'll look at the wires everything is good we'll step on the mat whatever nothing you know everything's fine yeah. and then. You know, we'll walk back in the other room, and it goes off again. That's to kind of show, like, wow. yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like I'm, here. I, I'm here. You know what I'm I mean? Like, this. one of those things that kind of like a confirmation, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, you, you you can look at it as coincidental and all that stuff, you know, maybe. But, like I said, when it just seems like it happens frequently enough where you mm. would be like, yeah, you know, it, it, something strange is going on. Sure. Um, the history of the building is really strange. I mean, we have a story... On our on our uh, web page, uh, that speaks of um, uh, it's obviously a uh, uh, an exaggerated story about a fire <laughs> that happened down here. Um, which you know, obviously that's that's part of storytelling, it's part of the, the theatrics of the haunted sure. house. Um, but I can tell you guys this this building really kind of, in my opinion, is an enigma. Um, where there's not, I know what ha- like this place was actually a lawn. Okay. Like, like, like a laundry oh. that, that actually okay. is true. Um, there was a fire down here, but there wasn't, like, there's not much information of what caused the fire, what happened. How much damage. Like, how much, like, 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 because, like, when we're building, um, you know, you could, we, we, early on, we saw that there, there was in the rafters, you know, like, sure. 100 year old rafters, you can see the, the, the burns and stuff where yeah. they replace rafters and things like that. And some they just 
kind of you know uh, scabbed over and things. You know, so I know there definitely was a fire. Yeah. Um, I don't know who got and then like just the history of the building of people kind of coming in here and and owning the building and then all of a sudden just leaving and then like nothing happening and then you know like this for long periods of time and people coming back in here and stuff so um just really strange history of this building just alone i've had i've had um we've been working here and i've had um you know like 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 older like townspeople kind of come up and and tell us stories about what you know their father told them about this building about again i can't confirm any i mean like honestly because obviously some of this history is is really kind of uh, hearsay hearsay Someone tainted told somebody to but somebody. i heard a couple things i heard i heard uh about the underground railroad going through this building oh wow. i heard about um capone and them guys using this area as oh. as ways dumping to ground dump, yeah. Yeah. and, and <laughs> honestly there are there are um you can tell that there were tunnels out of this building that had been covered up okay and you could like oh. physically like in, in this build, like in this part right now against that back wall there there it was you can Clearly, see where there was a tunnel that people were using, and it's been you know concreted over, brick wow. and concreted wow. over. So again, it's one of those things where obviously there's not going to be good documentation of that stuff because it's all kind, <laughs> it's of, kind of illegal, illegal yeah. stuff to begin yeah. with. But, well, but I've, I've heard from yes, so. and we're on a river and 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 all that stuff. So yeah. um, so yeah, so there there's definitely some kind of you know some crazy history uh, in this building, and like I said, you kind of almost feel it when you come down here. You know, you do definitely. Um, well, I will say I feel it because we're in a room with um, clowns and dolls <laughs> right now. Um, this is the main office. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's a little. Uh, <laughs> so I, I love that there are. I will say to me, I love those real stories. Um, a haunted house to me is always the creepiest place because you won't know when it's fake or real mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're in it. Um, I was wondering, my question, I guess, is a little bit more, I guess, in the real base, but also fantasy, which is how do you come up with the ideas for your scenes? I mean, are you inspired by the hauntings or the things that you hear, the stories? Well, that's, that's a really good question. Yeah. So, um, you know, inspiration wise, yeah. I mean, obviously, movie stories, um, my family uh, was always big into Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's side of the family, very much, um, Believers in, in the supernatural things like that. My dad's side, not so much. And your so, mom actually works in the yes, house yes, too. Yes, yeah. she works there. Yes, it's a it's a family affair. <laughs> you know, um, my dad has always been the the the, the you know the kind of the family, which is good. And that's kind of like where I like I said like I, I get a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Um, it, it something really, in my opinion, for me to tell say say a story about it. I really believe that it's you know it, mm-hmm. it happened, and usually someone else is with me to kind of cooperate <laughs> yeah. the story. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but the, the, the again, it, it comes from our imaginations, I guess, from, you know, from movies and books and things like that. You know what I mean? Uh, we try to say as original as possible, you know, but it, it, like anything else, like most haunted houses, they, some things just kind of run together. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, uh, but we do have, um, you know, like we have a, 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 a Catholic upbringing. So there's a, a room in here that's uh, kind of our kind of underground like chapel thing where it has the nuns and everything. Because obviously a lot, a lot of that, those those visuals are, are vivid in my mind when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, we're doing um, a huge exorcism month. Yeah, so yeah, the okay. Catholic Church goes hand in hand with yes, those. Yes, yes, so. yes. Yeah. So, so we play with that. Like I said, we, do, we try not, in our haunted house, we try not to, um, I, I don't think that we cross the line too much about 
what we say and stuff like that, but some of the visuals you see is definitely you know pretty racy when it comes to things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, like we always kind of say like, hey, we're not here to insult people, but we are here to scare people. So and I we, will we tell push you, that. you do. <laughs> I am always scared when I go through this haunted house. Yeah. He, you laugh and you say hi to the people that you know. You're like, yeah. hey, well, but I, can't help I, uh, I'm screaming. So yeah. yeah, and she always wants to go in the front of the line, and I told her that that's like the worst spot. You're going to get scared the most. We yeah, it, yeah, usually yes, but we do try to scare. You know the whole. We we we, yeah. we work hard at trying to make sure everyone gets mm-hmm. equal scared. Gets something. Yeah, yeah I mean, gets something. <laughs> but yeah, um, if they scare the first person, always they're going to have a line that's hours yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I get scared the most when I'm in the front. So have that's you ever been in the why back? I, pick. I yeah, I used to always do the back because I thought that was the safest. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, yeah. The middle is the safest, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> nowhere, nowhere is safe yeah. as we actually have saying. actors that we tell like they, you know, like we, we pick certain actors say, hey, you, you know, you're going to make sure, like most most of the time, most of the actors are kind of like free to scare whoever they want, but sometimes we make sure that hey, you're going to hit the middle. Just so we, again, we're trying to make sure everyone has a a, uh, a fair experience or not fair, but you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, same experience, and then we even have our our props set up. So we're um, like our haunted house is, is 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 to the point now where we we no longer can send, send in groups of two or anything like that. And no. literally, there's so many people here that yeah. we have to send in a little bit larger groups. So we'll make sure that even like if the first person triggers a prop, it won't. We give it a second delay so it doesn't scare the first person, but the next person it will scare or the, or the mm-hmm. third. And we kind of already kind of have that planned out. So again, throughout the haunted house. You're walking through the first person's usually setting everything off, but they're not necessarily getting hit by it. It's the gotcha. Yeah. The other people getting hit by yeah. it. Sure, it's time. Sure. So um yeah. so again, like I going back to my original story mm-hmm. about when props go off by themselves, like we have those things dialed in so precisely that when something goes off, it's kinda like, Why the hell did that just go off? Yeah. It shouldn't right. do that, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyhow. Yeah. Well I was gonna say I have a question for both of you, which is what would you say is your favorite scene that you've had at the haunted house that you worked in or that you built like just over the years oh. what kind of stands out to you as a memorable scare scene i'll let jason take that one <laughs> yeah i mean patrick since you work here buddy it's it's been a long time <laughs> exactly yeah. I, I guarantee you whatever scene you were we, we've, we've, we've probably changed the whole oh i'm yeah. sure i'm sure but um, i'm sure but just yeah I, I i know like like there's there's two really i would say i mean i i Obviously, I put the haunted house. I'm partial to everything, but mm-hmm. uh, two really cool scenes over in the basement. Um, one is like I talked about the, the nun, the nun mm-hmm. um, chapel type yeah. thing. It, the chapel's come a long way it's, too. Yeah, I, I don't. Have you seen it? This you haven't been no, there. This, no. right? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. we put a lot of money into just every like kind of like a whole this year. But anyways, so when you go go through this year, you'll see like wow. And then um, we have a, a room that uh, literally the, the floor kind of like moves and everything. Mm-hmm. So when you go in there, and, spoiler and, and, alert. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like uh, like kind of looks like hell, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Big, de- you know, sure. big giant demon inside demons, of it and everything else. Okay. So, um, but yeah, you know, like uh, that, that I would say the, the two rooms down there in here, this the, the artwork in here is is in, the, in our three D shattered uh, haunted house. Um, our artwork is obviously like there's a lot of bla- black else. light. It's all right? black light, but what we what, what's really unique about us is. Um, most blacklit haunted houses, uh, obviously because it's blacklight, they light they light it up yeah. with a bunch of light, right? Mm-hmm. So even though it's blacklight. It gives light, away a lot of scares. Right? And, and, yeah. What we do is we give everyone a uh, UV flashlight. Yes, it is so different. So it's, it, 
it's you only see what you're pointing that flashlight at. And that like I think really like makes us like this has it's like different totally, different than anything yes, else anyone's doing when it comes to black light. Yeah. Uh, yes. cause now the, the the clowns and everything can like literally be hiding. You know, you're pointing a light and one foot from the light, the clown's hiding, and you don't even see the clown until it's too late, and then right. it's, you know, and he or she has, you know, scared the crap out of it. How many square feet is this? Um, in total, it's over 12,000 square feet. Wow. Um, uh, the exact number, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I'm yeah. not sure, because obviously you're walking, plus, you know, it's a, it's a giant maze, you know what I mean? So yeah, exactly. So you're in here for, you know, like I said, most of the time people are in here for about a half hour, now you get people scared. You're gonna obviously <laughs> you're gonna move a lot quicker, or you have the people who like just get terrified. They can't move. They just yeah. can't go to the next room. So it takes a little bit longer. So, <laughs> um, but I would say about about average. The average customer comes through in about a half hour. It takes them to get through um, so the, the attractions. Yeah, wow. definitely. And there's people that wait in line for three hours, take one step in the front door, and say, "Nope, that's I can't do that." We literally had that last. Oh wow! It's, and it's amazing, it's, and and they're okay with it. It's like, hey, you know, like we we uh, we really pride our besides like us being like like you know like uh, of course one of the best in, in, in the inside, the outside. We, we throw we throw great. a party on the outside, yeah. Um, and that's kind of like what we're known for. I mean, like really There's what we're a known DJ, for: yeah. food, drink, uh, actors on stilts. I yeah. mean, just amazing. yeah. It's we 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 come to learn that you know when people are waiting in line for. Three to four hours, um, you really have to keep them entertained. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just, it's and just I will, it's today's, I will say, I'm fire sure, breathing and yeah. everything. I know, I, but crazy. I will say, I'm sure any listeners that have been to haunted houses, that is not typical. So that's really We've, great. I, I don't know any other. I mean, I've, I've read, you know, obviously, I always look at reviews to make sure you know we're doing our doing our jobs. And uh, I've actually had people like on the reviews say. We had so much fun waiting in line. I mean, yeah. like, mm-hmm. where have you ever, right. <laughs> you know, ever heard a review like that? So, like, when we do, when I when I read things like that, I, I do smile. It's just like, hey, we're doing something right. I mean, like, yeah, there so are- you come down and you get you buy a ticket to go in the haunted house, but literally you're going to be entertained for as long as you're down here. We are going to entertain. You. Yeah, right. there there are people that come when it opens and just hang out and go like last thing. Mm-hmm. So they hang out for that whole time when they could be in line waiting to get in, but they. They wait just because of the party. I am a haunted house aficionado. I've gone to many, and I have waited in many long, long, long lines, and then had ten minutes <laughs> of yes. time. So, uh, and nothing special while I was waiting, except for like one chainsaw. So, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know, I, this is definitely a good experience. Yeah, this so. is this is definitely a lot more than that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, all right. Well, how about one more spooky thing that's happened to you? Okay, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you the story. This is actually a kind of a fun story. <laughs> so. Um, a couple years ago, uh, my wife and I are going, um, in the haunt industry, there's a thing called the legendary haunt tour. And the idea is, is, uh, a couple of the, of the, the best haunted house in the nation, they stay open, uh, like two weeks after the season's over. So all haunt, cause I, I, I don't, as much as I love haunted houses, I'm always at my haunted house. So I don't yeah. get a chance to go and see other haunted houses, which I that's why I do it. I have a passion for it. So, um, so yeah. So there's this thing called Legendary Haunt Tour where other like really good haunts will stay open. And um, and so we, my wife and I, took a trip to uh, New England to go see some of these haunted houses. And um, so we're like in the Boston, New England area, all that stuff. So uh, one of the stops uh, during the day was we got to go do uh, Salem. Right? Oh, awesome. whole, which I yeah. love. I mean, it was a kind of like one of my bucket list things. I definitely wanted to go sure. to Salem and all that kind of stuff. 
And if you haven't had a chance to, um, uh, if you can get past a little bit of the the knickknacks, yeah. touristy stuff, it really like go to some of the cemeteries, like some really amazing, cool things there. Um, but anyways, uh, so my wife, she was there, and she was like really gung ho about um, wanting to go to uh, uh, a fortune teller. Or not a fortune teller, like a, like, a, like a reader or whatever, you know. Tarot card reader. Not, not, not even a tarot card reader. Fortune some, some, yeah, some, whatever. Like, yeah. Whatever. She's, yeah. And like I said, she's she's kind of like also kind of a ghost skeptic, but this is something that she just wanted to do. We were in Salem, whatever. So um, so she wanted to go get a reading. So uh, I said, okay, yeah, why not? We're here. Let's, you know, let's do it. So so she goes in and um, she goes, we're going, I, I just figured I'd go in with her. We're going together. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in a waiting room. And the guy comes out and says, okay, well. I'll take Megan here, and he's like, "But well, you got to stay here, and uh, because I can't get both of your energies or whatever." So I'm like, "Oh, that's fine. Go ahead." So sure, he takes uh, my wife in the back, and um, so I'm sitting there, just kind of going through a magazine, and there's a girl sitting at the counter that's checking people in, and she says, "And, I, and, and let me say, like, um, I was not wearing any of my face from the dead garb or anything mm-hmm. like that." So I just take that for what it's worth. Okay, so I'm I'm sitting there, and the girl looks over at me and says, um, she says "Hey, how are you?" I'm saying I'm fine, and she's like, "I, I am also a, a psychic." Okay, you know, I said, "Oh, that's you know, it's cool, you know, whatever, you know." And she goes, she looks at me, she goes, "You do something in the in like the Halloween industry, right?" And I said, "Yeah, I do." And she's like, she looks at me, she goes, "You own a haunted house in a really really old." At that point, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> in my eyes, I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, are you kidding? They're like, how the hell? I mean, like, honestly, yeah. like, I was not like, you know, dressed up, you know. Anyway, so, um, I said, I said, I said, yeah, I said, that's, 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 that's. Do you recognize I said, me? I, I, no, I said, I said, it's amazing. She goes, um, she goes. I can also tell you uh, that inside your your walls, you have old walls, and there are. There's places where you could see where there was holes in your walls, and now that have been kind of like either boarded up or you know something's been put over them. And I'm like, well, yeah, yes, there has <laughs> been. She's like, and I know you're interested. She's like, whatever you do, don't open those holes. Wow. So that was oh. just like, and I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah. She's like, there's some really weird stuff back behind that stuff. Oh, so wow. again. Being a, I want to be a skeptic, right? Yeah. But like, like, is that then, information that's on your website? No. Like, so it's nothing, not like because obviously she nothing. had your name. She yeah. could have googled she, you, found maybe, out. Maybe, but it wasn't. But it wasn't even like. It wasn't even like we even like we literally just walked in the place. Right. There was no like pre-planning this and that. Like mm-hmm. my wife isn't on like my. I mean, like she wouldn't like. It right. was one of those things where. Again, I am a skeptic. I, I like yeah. like all those. What was that? That that Long Island medium and all that. Like I just, I, I get it. But yeah. that was an experience that happened to me. That there's like no way in hell. There's just no way. And I didn't. Say, I wasn't talking <laughs> to her. I wasn't there for a wow. reading. I didn't give her anything. Like literally, I was Not looking through a magazine, wow. and and she uh, came up with that. And she so, didn't get any money for that. Or no, anything. she was just yeah. sitting there. She was just yeah. uh, wow. that day. They they, they 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 turned like she was a receptionist while he was back doing the reading. Wow. That's so, crazy. anyhow, so that was uh, that's pretty wild. That's one of the stories I got. That's so, a great uh, one. 
Okay. Thank you for sharing. Well, how can they find out information about the Basement of the Dead? Uh, yeah, uh, basementofthedead.com. Uh, I mean, it's 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 pretty uh, pretty pretty self-explanatory. And you have a pretty um, active um, Facebook pages, Facebook, well. Instagram, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Snapchat, um, Snapchat. I can't even tell you where to find that stuff. I'm <laughs> so old now, and I have all these kids <laughs> running. Uh, but yeah, we're on. Yeah, I think we're on just under Basement of the Dead on all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Get information. We're open for the rest of October. We're actually even open into uh, November, and um, we also do off-season type uh, haunts. We do uh, a Christmas theme haunt, a Valentine's theme haunt, which is like um, uh, Alice in Wonderland, like Alice in Wonderland. I saw that last year, a lot oh, of fun, so a lot cool. of fun. I and then, um, oh yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. And then we uh, also do um, a St. Patrick's Day haunt. And uh, what's weird is is Friday the thirteenth in December. Uh-huh. And it's a Friday the thirteenth in March that we're both are, we'll wow. be open those days, and uh, like and like you said earlier, we we still do uh, like a zombie laser tag down here, which is called Zombie Outbreak. That's a special event. So uh, if you go to our website, we'll kind of our, our Facebook page. We, we keep people posted when that stuff happens. All right. Wow. Well, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks.